Welcome to another market update. Today is Friday, the 24th of April. I am Rob D with Rob B. And Rob, as is now traditional, I need to ask you, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good, actually. Thanks, Rob. Business is keeping me busy. You know, the running the day-to-day stuff, there's loads going on. And I'm really grateful for it because I must admit, as you've probably heard in weeks gone by, maybe my tone, lockdown doesn't really suit my personality. So having a lot to keep my brain busy really helps me um, because I need that fast pace. So having that Monday to Friday at least really does help. So I'm very grateful, even though it's, it's tough in this environment, I'm very grateful to have the business and the distraction and the stimulation that it gives me. But how are you? How are you doing with it all? Yeah, fine. I'm weirdly just completely adapted to it now. I find it strange how quickly you can adapt to different things. It now just feels normal. And now when I sort of think back, oh yeah, I used to leave the house, didn't I? It just kind of feels like another life and it's just like a, or a weird dream or something. So it's not, I, I, don't get me wrong, I'm still going to be very glad when it's all over. But for, for day to day, it's kind of not bothering me. Sl- slightly jealous of all the all the things I'm seeing about people who are using this time to learn languages or learn to bake bread or things like that because like you I'm kind of busier than ever if anything Um, but ultimately that is a really good thing because it does help keep you sane and it means that business is still happening and going strong. I don't know if you've done anything like this but I've started to create a list of things I want to do after the lockdown finishes and there's there's some ambitious things on there but on my list and it's it's only a page of A4 is go to Pizza Express you know what? It's a simple thing. I can't oh, yeah. wait to go to Pizza Express and just the, the calamari starters. Highly recommend them. Very nice. Yeah, me and my wife have been compiling, like debating, like where do we go first when we're allowed out? Where's our first lunch? What do we do? I'm not trying to rank it. It's quite exciting. Yeah, McDonald's drive-through breakfast is on there as well. <laughs> I've, I've, I really do think that as lockdown measures go and they ease things off, I want to see the McDonald's drive-throughs brought back very soon. I think that will give the nation a lift. Well, well, what order it will come back, we don't know. But we're, I seem to be picking up a sense this week that people are looking ahead to the end now. Like, even though the government hasn't said anything at all, the belief seems to be creeping in that when we get to the end of this three weeks, and there's another couple of weeks to go, things will start to be eased. And you know, the news that's coming out around cases and testing and things like that broadly seems to be better as well. And that seems to be giving people the confidence to think ahead, people and businesses, to what they're going to do afterwards. So one kind of manifestation of that is that rental demand is back up again. So understandably when things first got locked down absolutely fell off a cliff and it's still a lot lower than it was at the start of March as you'd understand but it's rebounded quite significantly by 30-40% I think and that's in the space of a week or two and so it seems to be that people are now I've got over the initial shock and worry and not knowing what's going on anymore and starting to think, okay, well, what will we do? In the same way as we're planning our lunches, they're planning where they're going to live and that's a positive sign. It is. And people have to remember that these viewings are being done online. These are video viewings, either pre-recorded or someone walking around doing FaceTime and, and, and showing the houses and apartments off. It's incredible how quickly people are adapting to working with technology. And I'd be interested to see if that trend continues. I was speaking to a lady in the industry this week, and the firm that she works for sold a £1.5 million property in London 
via a video tour. One and a half million pound via video tour. What part of it does shock me, but part of me accepts it as well. It's just like, yeah. Okay, so maybe I wouldn't do that one. I can't do that. <laughs> but even if I could go and splash 1.5 on a London property, I'd want to view it. But you can get your head around it, especially with lettings, because you're not committed to it long term. You might only be in there for six months. So I really hope, because I think it'd be great for everyone, if, okay, it might not be fully adapted when we get out of this, but it is something that's more widely accepted as a way of viewing properties, particularly if it's done in an interesting way. Even if you could just do first viewings that way, imagine how much time that would save. Like, how many properties could you view, either for rental or to purchase, if you could do that first look on video? You'd, you, and then just, instead of just look at 10 and go to the two that look interesting instead of having to physically go to all 10. The amount of time and efficiency that that will save is good, it would be huge if it happens. So I really hope that is a lasting legacy of all this. Definitely. And I agree with your point with the momentum thing. Like, we're seeing that people's attitudes and sentiment around how people feel about the lockdown it is changing and that's been reflected with businesses as well business owners we talked about this last week you know where developers going back on site but more announcements again this week b&q retailer they're back they're not fully open but a lot of stores are now open taylor wimpy are going back on site after getting off site quite quickly so a lot of businesses are feeling like they want to get you know the gloves are off they want to get back into it and we're almost making it happen as a nation. We're almost saying, right, okay, we will do this and we will be responsible, but we are ready now. We want to get back to business. We want to get back to life, but not in a reckless way. I think people's attitudes currently are very respectful of the lockdown and people are doing things in the right way. But I think it is great that we're all ready to get going and it seems in a positive way as well. It's not going to be a slumpy start to getting back to life. I think for the majority of people, it's going to be a a happy start and a, yes, now what do I want to do in my life? People have probably reevalued a lot in their own lives about things that they want to change and improve and hopefully a lot of people will action that. Hopefully so. Um like we've said, we're still going on with what we're doing in the business and we're actually still hiring, which is something that not many businesses are doing at the moment. But I think, again, hiring will start to begin as businesses start to evaluate the position they're in, realise they'll be okay when they will be okay and start to think about the future again. But we've been hiring the whole way through and we're actually hiring at the moment for the most important role we've ever recruited for, which is Chief Operating Officer. It's a huge role for the company and a really exciting one. So on the off chance that anyone listening would be suitable for the role, we'll pop a link into the show notes. But I think that's a, a signal of the plans that we've got for the future and how confident we are, despite how things might be looking in the immediate term. Yeah, if you base all your decisions on the today, then you wouldn't do anything. But if you look to the future and you are a glass half full type person, you see opportunities and there are going to be opportunities out there as a property investor as an individual as an employee as a business owner whatever categories you fall into there are opportunities out there and there will be of course it's not all upside and of course there's going to be challenges but there's going to be a lot of positivity moving forward as we've already discussed and we are definitely embracing that and something else we're embracing is our passion for for learning rob and i constantly send each other links we have done for years have you read this listen to that and it's great it's really fun i really enjoy what you send me rob and you you know the type of things that i'll enjoy reading or listening to and yeah it's just been brilliant the 
the for learning what's been going on. I remember 08, it really ignited my passion for, for learning stuff about the economy, and it's done it again now. I've always kept on top of it over the years since, but I'm deep diving again. And you know what? I love how little I know. People may listen to us and go, well, these guys are fairly clued up on the economy and economics. And okay, against the average person, maybe we know a little bit more. But when you dig into this, it's incredible how little you actually know. And I think that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And also how but we we know a fraction of what's possible to know. But then even if you look at what's possible to know, when it comes to something like the economy, what I find really interesting is nobody can actually know. It's all theories. Nobody, because you, you can't run all these alternate experiments where you go, okay, well, what if the tax rate was that? Or what if we organise things this way? You just don't know. And it's so complex that I don't think there's anyone in the world who actually understands how every piece of it works, which you could argue is a dangerous thing. But I think it's just the nature of coordinating massive groups of people. And I just find it amazing and really exciting that you there's so much you can learn and however much you learn there's always going to be more you, you never reach the end no and i think that's one of the great things about life there is no ceiling you know the learning is eternal and that that's that's brilliant throughout your life you can always learn and improve and one of the things that really inspired me again was a point you made to me rob a few weeks back that you've been looking for alternative points of view so we get locked in our own belief systems and it's very easy to stay there, but it really kind of woke me up. It like gave me a shake in a way mentally to go, no, wait there, let's look for other points of view, other opinions. And um, it, it again, that's really helped because you might not agree with something 100% of someone else's point of view, but even if you just absorb their point of view, you end up learning. And I've sent you a, a podcast this week, which will again pop in the show notes because we both found it really interesting. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. So it's about modern monetary theory, which it, we don't need to get into what it is now. It's quite geeky, but it come back into prominence in the last year or so because of people talking about the kind of spending that would be needed to combat climate change. And then it's become come to the fore even more with the all the money that's been spent around coronavirus. Um, Ray Dalio started writing about it a bit. And this podcast explains it so well. And just made me think about the whole thing in a different way. Again, not something I necessarily agree with 100% or even know what I believe about it. But it's just it put forward a different viewpoint that previously, to be honest, I'd probably written off without really understanding because it doesn't align with sort of my more philosophical views. But when you do expose yourself to this kind of thing and when it's explained in the right way that it connects with you, it does just open up this whole other way of looking at the world. And yeah, I think it's so valuable to to have all these perspectives in your head rather than just like locking onto what you believe early in life and sticking to it and assuming that everyone else is wrong. Another interesting piece I read this week was in the FT and the author was Tim Harford, who is famous for being the undercover economist. He wrote a book called Just That. It's an okay book. You don't need to read it, but he writes a regular article for the FT and one of the pieces he's put together in the last week is an opinion piece and the title is in a crisis we mainly keep calm and are kinder than ever and I really like this because we give a lot of attention to negativity and that's what this article goes on to explain and he uses panic buying as an example now if we look at the shelves in the supermarkets and we absorb the media we believe or possibly could be led to believe that our nation is full of selfish people who hoard. But that is far from the case. 
data shows that only 3% of people went on aggressive stockpiling. So people may have bought more than normal, and we can explain why in a second, but in terms of proper hoarding, like going out and buying way more than you normally need, was about 3% of the population. Now, some people did buy more, but the reason they bought more is because they're going to be in more. You know, people who are out at work are now going to have all their meals inside. So they had to buy more. So that makes sense. But if you go back to how most people felt and what the media tried to make us believe is that we're a bunch of hoarders and not very nice nation. But actually, there is so much good and kindness happening right now. And people are coming together to do beautiful, wonderful things. Just a collective clapping on a Thursday, I think, is fantastic just to say, hey, you know what? Thanks. Even if no NHS workers live near you, it, you know, it's just nice that they know that people around the country are clapping. And this got me thinking about the media in general and how we're told all the time about negativity. You know, all the news, the vast majority of it is negative, negative, negative. But when you look at society, there is a small proportion of people who are horrible, evil people, very small. And there is also probably an equal number of beautiful people who are just complete goodness. But the vast majority of us, and I put myself in this camp, are just normal, who will, you know, have good days and bad days. But if encouraged and, and socially people around them are doing good things, they will too. But then you look at the media and it seems quite the opposite. If you assess any of our politicians, for example, you, you look at Boris or you look at previously Jeremy Corbyn, if you base your decisions on those people by what the media tells you, then they are clowns, they are idiots, they are not nice people, they do horrible things, they accept horrible things. Are they? Are they in that horrible 3%? Almost certainly not. The vast majority of people are normal, but the media will highlight how our politicians are not nice people, who, who are buffoons who are horrible who make nasty decisions to hurt people but you know what the chances are that they're normal people trying to do their best and make difficult decisions in difficult circumstances but the media is not going to give them that the framing of the questions around the briefings i think is awful one of the questions led by the bbc in the last week and you think the bbc might might be you know a little bit more professional than some of the papers that are out there the opening to the question started with, are you ashamed? And then went on to ask a question. What type of question is that? Why do we have to portray society, politicians, who are the, you know, the people who head society, as evil, horrible people making poor decisions all the time when they're trying to make good decisions? And most of humanity are trying to make good decisions. But unfortunately, whether it's politicians or other people in the media, we print pages and pages and pages of people who are either evil or normal people who've made a mistake. But you know what? Those normal people have done loads of good things as well. But the pages aren't full of that. And I think it's a shame. But this article really just it was like a light went off in my head. It's like, yeah, that is right. And I think that's why, if you can, you know, absorbing as much articles and, and good articles and good podcasts and, you know, useful information during this time is so useful because it really will get you thinking completely and that's it's such a theme that we've been saying for years now but it's so true like you get to you get to choose where you allocate your attention and 
the media will always cover negative things because they're kind of tapping into a human bias where it's like it feels urgent to know something that's negative. It feels far more important to know something that could be bad than something that could be good. So how do you get more clicks and more attention? You print the bad stuff. And yeah, I think the way that some of them have acted um, in the government briefings that around the whole, the virus in general is a bit disgraceful. And confidence in the media, according to something I saw the other day, is down dramatically from where it was a couple of months ago. And I don't think it was a high base. But you get to choose whether you pay attention to that or not. And it's all true, right? Like it's it's true that there are people doing really bad things. And it's true that there are people doing good things and there are people in the middle. And But you get to choose which bit of that you give your attention to. And it doesn't, and it doesn't change the world. By paying attention to the bad stuff, it doesn't make it any better, but it does change your own life. We've been saying it for such a long time, but I think the last couple of months has been the perfect example of that. So these are fascinating times, and we will talk about them from years to come. But if you can do something a bit different during these times and put yourself in a better place for when we come out of them, please do. Write those lists, do that reading, listen to those podcasts, and come out of this stronger. Because, again, that's your choice. You can either decide to or not. But it's on you. So make a good choice. I make another good choice by joining us on Tuesday for Ask Rob and Rob. See what I did there, Rob. Nice link in. And we'll be back for the podcast next Thursday. And we'll do another market update because there's loads going on next Friday. So plenty to keep you busy. Take care. Bye-bye.